MSW Media. Well, pour yourself a glass, sit for a spell. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with and done. Dan Dunn, welcome to the show. And what we're drinking is a 2019 Robert Mondavi Spotlight Rose. I'm going to tell you a little bit about this delicious wine in just a few minutes. In 1992, MTV debuted a show called The Real World, which was billed as the true story seven strangers picked to live in a house and have their lives taped to find out what happens. When people stop being polite and start getting real. And everybody from my generation watched, everybody did, you, you had to, it was a required, required viewing back then. Uh, the show was actually inspired by a 1973 PBS documentary series called An American Family. And The Real World would eventually become the longest running series in MTV history, as well as one of the longest running reality series in TV history, period. And a lot of people credit it with launching the modern reality TV genre. Again, I love the show, mainly because it was, you know, just good, clean family fun, as demonstrated by this clip that I'm going to play for you right now. Here we go. Good, clean family fun on the real world. Let's do it. I never got enough balls to talk to me like that. Because you were yelling at me. I don't give a Shut the yelling at you right now. That's what you need to do. Realize that. Oh my God. She was done, she said. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. What she did is <laughs> some violence, real violence on the real world there. Uh, but anyway, that was a joke. I mean, most of the time it was sweet, sweet show. Uh, the real world spawned a number of spinoffs, most notably Road Rules, which ran from uh, 1995 to 2007. That series followed uh, five or six strangers. They got in an RV. They drove around, they got clues, and they had missions that they had to complete. It's as fun as it sounds. Really. I love the road. I love the real world. I love road rules. I'm a big fan. And then in 1998, they, they did a spinoff to the road rules called Road Rules All-Stars. And then that got renamed Real World Road Rules Challenge. And then eventually they abridged it to simply The Challenge. And that brings us to today's guests both of whom have played prominent roles in MTV's Real World Road Rules and the Challenge Milieu. They're also the host of one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Brain Candy. And I listen to it when I walk my dog. And we're going to talk about it. In fact, I was listening to it today while walking my dog. And I found the material, frankly, on Brain Candy on the latest episode to be quite disturbing. And I'm going to talk about that with the host of the show. I'm thrilled to welcome to this show, Sarah Rice, and Susie Meister, hi. 
Hello. Hello. Thanks so much for uh, taking time out of your busy. No one's doing anything, are we? We're not busy. Are we, we busy? never say no to a drink either. Yeah. Well, what do you Cheers. think? Yeah. And Cheers. I got the wine. Let's 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 bring up the wine right away. Okay. Here we go. Cheers to you. I mean, there we go. Uh-huh. So we couldn't do this in person, obviously. But what? So we're doing this over Zoom. But what I did manage to do is get the same bottle of wine sent to the three of us. And again, it's Mandavi spotlight collection it's a rosé sarah Susie, are you rosé fans oh yes way yes sarah's a big rosé kind of gal yes and i i don't discriminate you don't i call i feel like it's a breakfast wine (laughs) it can be it's like it seems like the kind of wine that's like okay before noon on like a saturday or sunday probably (laughs) i just have found that anything now kind of anything well at least the first two months I found anything wet. And then there was this spark of hope where it was like, I, we're coming out of this, right? So I should straighten my shit up, right? I should, I should stop what I've been doing the last two months because we're soon we're going to be out of this. And guess what? I think we've come back around to the beginning of the pandemic. Agreed. So I'll be drinking in the mornings from yeah. here on out. <laughs> we're back. This pair is great with toast. <laughs> it does. <laughs> toast, and it, it goes well with despair, too. Abject despair. Yeah. What, what wine doesn't, though? So uh, I will tell you about this. So I don't know how much you know about uh, this. Is a This rosé is a winery exclusive, which means like, you, know, you can only get it at the winery, which means you're fucked if you're not us <laughs> because you can't Cheers go to the winery right now. But I don't know if you're getting, for me, I'm getting this like cranberry and Ooh. watermelon, oh, some I like. I was gonna say you were gonna say that. Yeah, the berry one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. Isn't like it? It's a berry going on here. And it's um, I, I think so. This is from a this is a Napa Valley uh, winery, and Robert Mondavi obviously has access to some of the the finest blocks up in Napa. There's a, a vineyard up there called Toe Colon, which is world famous, and some of the grapes that went into this are from Toe Colon. So I think it's you're getting this a very bright fresh rosé wouldn't you say sarah yeah and maybe like would i be crazy to say a little stone fruit no you would not be crazy <laughs> a little stone fruit. anything goes on this show anything goes whatever you're feeling about this wine hints of yak wool mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, keith you know richard's ball it? sack i'm smelling it yeah Go when go. they say spotlight does that is that the word that denotes that it can only be bought at the winery Listen, not. Susie, I'll ask the questions here, okay? <laughs> Take it easy. We're not I need a, answers. Uh, no, no. Um, I think I don't know that that's why it's called Spotlight, but I do know that this is a this is only uh, available, I believe, at the winery for about thirty dollars at the Mondavi oh, Winery. Wow, fancy! This is a nice wine. This so what they're doing? The Spotlight Rosé is the official wine for uh, Mondavi's doing these virtual event series called mm-hmm. Summer Sundays. Uh, they used to do a summer concert series. So, you know, in some ways, Summer Sundays is very sad because now we're doing it. We're doing it on the Internet. But it's a biweekly event. Mm-hmm. They put it on the Mondavi YouTube and their That's and the winery's fun. website. And they have musicians. They just had a guy named Matt Nathanson play. And so what you do is you, you, you're encouraged to buy the concert mm-hmm. kit, a bottle of the wine, and you could sip along. And the winery donates cool. some money to the, the school district up there in Napa. And you can feel good about yourself. While you're drinking. Who doesn't like that? Right? I always feel good about myself when I'm drinking. I haven't always. But uh, (laughs) I feel bad about myself a lot of times the day after drinking. Oh, man. Wait, how old are you? As a therapist, 
I choose not to comment on that. <laughs> as a podcast host, that's hilarious. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about the podcast. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the Brain Candy, I, I really do enjoy it a lot. Except today, I was listening to the most recent episode, and it began innocently enough with you talking about Susie's pathological aversion to whistling. Right, mm. hates it. Pathological. <laughs> <laughs> Was it like that kind of whistling or just joyous whistling you were thinking? Joyous, joyous. public whistling. You just don't like whistling. I or joy. I have thought a lot about this since that episode. and Or joy. And I don't like that it's distinctly a male thing. I don't know any women that wander around besides Sarah whistling <laughs> publicly. And I feel like it's attention-seeking. I'm not into it, Dan. Well, I would... That- I mean, couldn't you say that it's also just an expression of, you know, a a joy of life? Yeah, but keep it to yourself, can it? (laughs) How dare you? How dare you be happy in front of me? Because I feel like they're infesting my area. We also mentioned farts as well, right? Yeah, because that is a, a nose, you know, pollution. Sure. But I I think whistling and farts, we can all agree, fall into a different category. Like if someone if someone came up to me and whistled, like you know, Uh I don't know, like a Snow White or something, I'd be like, oh, that look at that person. Now if someone came up and farted in my face, I'd be like, they're not a they're not a happy person at all. This is an aggressive, gassy person. Different. I see it in the same way. She's just as offended by my whistling. As my guess. As your guess. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I won't fart in front of her, but I sure as heck will whistle. And now I'm kind of terrified to do either. What if you could whistle out of your ass? You'd oh my blow God. her mind. No, I, argue, I think that might be like another word for a fart. That like is too, it's a double negative and then I love it. <laughs> now you love it. So for an ass whistle, you're all for it. Yes, farting <laughs> that. Maybe we could rebrand farting to smelly ass whistles. And call well, right now, now you've included mm-hmm. the smell in there. And you've given <laughs> us the descriptor. Ass whistling. Yeah. <laughs> but then what happened then is the show the show then took a very dark turn. Mm-hmm. Right after, you know, whistling. Who's you know, whistling's not that objectionable. But then Sarah brought up a story about a man who was disturbed, that was a mentally ill gentleman and who attempted to kill himself. Now, this is the part I was unclear on. Right. Was, we all was, were. was lopping off his schwantz how he was going to kill himself? Or did he think, you know what? Before I kill myself, yeah, I'd like to do something. I'd like to make an even grander gesture. Because I'd even say cutting your dick off is a grander. Killing yourself, you just, you kill yourself, you know? I'm not saying it isn't a profound thing. And, yeah, you, you know, you, you pull the trigger, it's all <laughs> over. But cutting off your own penis... As right. as a as a member of the penis possessing uh, community. Uh, community, I would say that I couldn't think of many other body parts, any other body parts actually that I wouldn't sacrifice before my penis. Mm-hmm. That includes like my a head. Bit of rage. Yeah. So what? So he cuts his dick off, mm-hmm. and then they passes out from the pain, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> and then they put it back on. 22 hours later? 23. Got to give them all the credit. Wow. 
Hold on, let me have some more wine. Uh, yeah, it was a, a record length of time. Right. Can he? And we have to look for the use for it, the though. Is it for usable? The silver lining. Oh, excellent question. Going to need to do some follow up research. Didn't even think about that. Because what good's a penis? A boner. Oh, that's right. He did have a successful. That's how they knew it worked because he had a successful erection. Wow. But like work yeah. and six and and a, a an involuntary erection are kind of like maybe two different things. Right. We don't know about ejaculation, for example. Don't you think yeah. his story, it's going to be a weird story, because like, let's say you go down on that guy, and you just go, oh, what happened here? Let's say. What happened here? Funny story. <laughs> like, that's kind of the end of the relationship, right? Interesting story. One time, I was feeling a little low. appetizer to my suicide. <laughs> I, was, I mean, like... <laughs> I was feeling low, pulled out a knife and cut off my own dick. Uh, where do you want to go to dinner? Later. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's going to need to use it is what we're saying. And and maybe the, 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 you know, I don't want to judge, but maybe the mental state one must be in to go to that length, uh, might not, uh, pull the kind of tail who would ask such questions. <laughs> That's true. It just feels like what would be the next worst way to kill yourself? Because oh. if you're doing it, if he was intending to kill himself with a dick, so then I guess it was like, I'll cut off my dick and then I'll bleed out. Well, like, is the worst thing, this, like, is the question like, what's the worst way to go where you still survive and it's like awful? Or is it like, what's yes. the worst way to go? Period. Two different questions. I did see a documentary <laughs> once called The Bridge. Have you ever seen oh, this? Oh, God, Okay, yes. so do you remember, It's for those of you who haven't seen it, it's a documentary, a guy set up a camera for two years at the Golden, a, seri- a number of cameras at the Golden Gate Bridge, where at, I think at the time about fifty people a year would kill themselves by jumping off the. Go- and so essentially, the documentary was to to wait for people to do this and document it, and then do some follow up. And you know, most people die when they do that. But one guy, remember the guy that jumped and lived, mm-hmm. and he hit the water and like shattered his legs and everything. And he only lived because there was a seal underneath That, that came up and got, remember, he, but the great part he said is he thought when he felt the seal hit him and bring him up to the surface, he thought it was a shark. And he thought to himself, Jesus, I just survived jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge and now I'm going to be attacked by a shark. And, but it wasn't and he lived. But that's mm-hmm. got to be, uh, but I'm talking about like painful, what else could you do? Hang yourself I mean, by your testicles. See, I'm hung up on the genitalia. See, it might be a fat. It might be. We might want to. Exp- that might be where the because uh, right, right. whatever that is. <laughs> well, I'm getting older, and I know this. I know one thing about these testicles. Now, at this stage in my life, they're not supporting my body weight. Yeah, at this point, my testicles. Do you are feel just, insecure oh, about God. that? I'm just curious about my testicles. Yeah. Do you care that they are? Hitting the you? hitting the floor that the ears yeah. hang low and wobble to and fro. I think they still look nice on guys like that, but I know that they are sensitive about it. Well, I the fact that I brought it up means I can't lie now and say that it isn't something I think about. <laughs> I mean, I would like. I you know I was out I was out with a friend the other day. We played golf because you're you're so allowed to do that. So I went out and played golf, and I said to him, I go, "What would you give to be able to go back for a week and just experience?" what your body felt like Hmm. when you were 20 just to feel that physically feel that way where you don't get up and your knees crack and you don't hurt and your you know your balls aren't fucking hitting your knees and just to experience it would you do it if you could that was what i said but not what would you give would you do it if you could because and he said no because he would be so depressed 
when he had to go back to his 50 some year old oh. self again. Yeah. Cause like you knew what you knew what you were going, like you knew it would be gone. Yeah. You'd day. be like, Oh my God, in 17 hours, I have to go back to being Well, that's old what they me. say. The youth is wasted on the young. That's right. It's like a whole thing. But no, I'm not, I'm not self-conscious about it. Uh, when I, and I did think about that because I was in a relationship for about four years that ended not long before this. And then, you know, I was thinking about that, like, wow, man, I was so much younger when I started that relationship. And now I'm like, am I going to, you know, am I going to be perceived as being as old as I am or whatever? And, but it's worked out. It's all good. I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it now. I, uh, yeah. Wait. So do you think in those four years that your balls have dropped dramatically? No. <laughs> and here I am no. wanting to explore if he's old, not older, but also wiser. And Susie's hung up on the length of his testicles. I'm asking the wrong questions. I mean, I, I think my balls, there's probably been a, a slightly perceptible dip in the balls, but you know, nothing that you're going to see and go, boy, I'd like to slap those back up. Right. He should just chop these off and end it. It's over. Yeah. (laughs) Sarah's appalled. (laughs) I love it. How's the wine, Sarah? Excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. need way more of it when I'm thinking about, I don't know what's worse is the idea of for some reason chopping off. Well, no, it's worse with the yeah, penis. Yeah, I agree. It, is it worse for you? Do you worry about your what? breasts? Get, no. I mean, because women's breasts go down. They start to, you know, do stuff. <laughs> gravity well, always, these, as Radiohead said, and gravity always <laughs> wins, right? These fakers are just... They're just going to stay right there. Yeah. Can I, I always, get fake ball? Can I get a fake ball yes, sack? You definitely oh, you can. can. I can. Yes, you can. You can get implants and people who have had testicular cancer where they've had them removed can absolutely That's get fake nice ones. They yep. even uh, there's even fake ones for dogs. No, but my, had. Re- my real ones work. There. Can I just get them up? Can I get like a ball sack? A tuck? ball lift. A tuck. A ball lift. Listen. Sack tuck. You know what? The, the, that a ball a ball lift will come when when somebody starts judging men for having saggy balls. Right. Same way that the breast implant, the breast lift came. From people judging women and their saggy boobs. Any society where they don't care about that does not need breast lift. So there you go. Just start judging balls and then somebody will invent a ball lift. And then they'll be like, I don't know. I bet bet there, we can, we need to look this up because I bet there is a ball lift. For sure. Let's, uh, we're going to, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. We got to pay the bills. And during this break, we will look up ball sack lifts. I'll tell you if it's going to happen. We'll be right back after this. This is Colin Donnell, and you are listening to my favorite podcast that begins with the letter W. Take that, Mark Marin. What do we have here? Ah, yes, Mac Weldon. Oh, how I love me some Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. You probably heard about their industry-leading underwear. Hell, I'm wearing a pair right now. They're so much more than just an underwear company. They really are one-stop shop for men's basics of all kinds. 
from socks to shirts to hoodies to their new adjustable Storm Chaser rain jacket. Mack Weldon's wares really are the longest-lasting, highest-quality items on the market. They believe in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. I went to MacWeldon.com recently, ordered a whole bunch of stuff. Took me 10 minutes, and now I'm rocking a killer new Basics wardrobe. I got some 18-hour Jersey Crew neck undershirts, a couple of pairs of Ace sweatshorts, and no-show socks. And Mack Weldon really does value its loyal customers. That's why they've created the Weldon Blue Loyalty Program. Here's how it works. Create an account. It's totally free. Level 1, place an order for any amount and never pay for shipping again. Level 2, once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mack Weldon, not only will you continue to receive free shipping, but you will also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. Oh, and Level 2 also grants you access to new products before they're released to anyone else, as well as free gifts added to future orders. And now, Mack Weldon has a special offer for you, What We're Drinking listeners. For 20% off of first order, your first order, visit MacWeldon.com and enter the promo code DRINKING. They want you to be comfortable, so if you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it, and they'll still refund you no questions asked. Mack Weldon's mission is simple, to make sure all your basics and beyond are smartly designed and that shopping for them is easy and convenient. And I personally promise you this, Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Okay, we're back with Sarah Rice and Susie Meister. I have done some research. I've had the, I put my crack research team on this and the testicular lift is known as a scrotoplasty. And it's when they get in there and they, they lift your ball sack up. Maybe they tighten it up for you. Just like, I guess, sort of like Botox, but for your ball sack. Well, I would say it's more like a facelift for your ball sack. Botox is temporary. And I mean, Sarah, or Sarah so I've heard. has a patriarchal conspiracy theory about yeah. whether it's covered by insurance. Yeah, because uh, they because some of the reasons for why they do it was because it becomes uncomfortable for <laughs> I don't know. And if that's covered by insurance and like a vagina, what do they call it? L- Vaginoplasty? Right, is, is there a name? What do they call it when they? Yeah, is it labia? Labia. It's I don't know. I'm not sure. Freaking me out. And and <laughs> if that's not covered, and the ball the ball lift is covered, I'm 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 mad. She's Listen, mad. Sarah, don't blame me because you chose to be a woman. Okay. <laughs> you know, life's Your not fair. Fault. But I yeah. didn't I didn't do this to you. Okay. Take responsibility. Yeah. Now I I want to bring up something else. So Brain Candy, uh, your podcast, which is available everywhere podcast stream was the culture winner of the podcast awards can you believe in 2019 yes. what is what does that mean exactly what Best society congratulations we didn't even have to blow anybody to get it man what's the world coming to now we uh did, how, what does it mean i mean it sounds very impressive and congratulations they just gave one podcast award to each category i guess and we are in society and culture and it was voted on by the fans so that made it very special and lovely yes. Okay. And uh, yeah, they just can't get enough of us, Dan. Well, you know, you guys are really good at what you do. You're very interesting and fun to listen to. The show um, is, so according to your podcast page bio, Sarah is the right-brained, uh, Sarah's the right-brained element of the show. Best known for, you were on MTV's Real World Brooklyn and The Challenge, but it says, don't let, I love these bios, man. My, I love my bullshit bios too. They're great. <laughs> don't let the label of reality star fool you. She's one smart cookie. 
Uh, you were raised by artist parents. What, what were your parents? What did they were they painters, writers? Singers? My mom was a wardrobe stylist, a stylist in the film industry, and my dad was an art director. So they were like making costumes and building sets, and yeah, it was creativity all the time. And you're from here? I born and raised in L.A. Wow, that's sort, sort of an anomaly, right? I know Santa Monica Hospital. Who whoever who would have thought? That's crazy. Santa Monica Hospital. I lit. I think I live like within a couple miles of where I was born now, which is totally weird to me. Can you tell from my, uh, I've lost a lot of my accent, but can you tell that I'm not from here? No. No. I'm not where from are you there. from? No, you def, I would think you were from the East Coast. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Oh. Philadelphia. And that brings up uh, somebody who was born in the same state as me. Susie was born and raised in Pittsburgh. And then my parents were losers. They were well, <laughs> me and you both, sister. It's a, it's a Pennsylvania staple. Ted's uh, a lovely lady. Yeah. And then you, um, you, you kind of went right to MTV, right? Not long after high school. Yeah, exactly. I had just graduated. I was eighteen. hadn't done anything yet. Wow. And then they swooped me up. And, and what year was this? Know, 1998. 1998. Virginal Christian. How old were you then? 18. Oh, my God. All right, so now I'm ashamed to admit I had a little bit of a crush on you when you were on the road. Why are you ashamed? But Because you're a little younger than me. Yeah. Now I'm, I must have been creepy then. I was trying to do the math. I bet you were. I was was creepy. I was creepy (laughs) years old when I was watching you on, man, you know. You look so young. I know. Oh, I'm a spring chicken. We're not, we're not talking about my age. So now you, Susie got a, you got a PhD in religious studies, the university of Pittsburgh. Is that right? Yeah, man. Now Mm -hmm. I feel like MTV bankrolled that education. I feel like in in my, it's been obviously a very long time since that was on, but weren't you kind of pretty religious on the show? On the first season, for sure. That you know how they used to cast like that. There would always be some super religious, and then there'd be somebody that's going to get in your face the whole time. And right? yeah, who was that? Challenge her morals. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, our cast was pretty tame, and it was very much like that back in the day. I mean, even the you know more scandalous people wouldn't even be cast now because they'd be too normal. Are you on a network? Yes. Well, yeah, we have your own, right? It's Wave yeah. Wave Network. Mm-hmm. You started it. Yeah. But were you on a network before that or just did your we own thing? We were with CBS Radio for a while, but okay. we made like $3, so we were like, yeah. let's let's do this ourselves. Yeah, I'm on uh, Dan Hart. You know Rick and Morty? Yeah. I'm on <gasps> his I'm on Starburns Audio, his network. Yeah. They do How's a lot. What's that? For me. What do you think? It's fun. You I mean, sound they, like a voice actor. Do I? I've done some voiceover. I, I was the voice. You should. Of, you almost sound like Rick. <laughs> do I? No. Do I really? Yes, you do. Right, I'll, what? I'll have to hit Dan up and be like, "Yo, dude." Oh my god! You totally here. sound like that. You <laughs> should Let's do that. Do it. Just saying. I want to talk a little bit though about uh, the real world because um, this was kind of a. It's, it was re- very very influential show and and obviously the shows that it spawned after that. But I, I was thinking about how some of the more iconic moments on that show that really made people th- they were kind of groundbreaking moments for television that happened on the real world. Wouldn't you say like, I mean, obviously what was it? Uh, San Francisco season three, Pedro Zamora had AIDS and I don't think anybody had ever seen, certainly hadn't seen anybody that was HIV positive on television before, but were there ever really any openly gay people on TV before? I don't, I don't remember that. And I felt like it was so 
important, you know, and he had yeah. a, he had a same sex partner and they got married and these were just things you simply did not see. Uh, and it reminds me because, you know, obviously 2020 fucking sucks, but beyond COVID and all that other stuff, there's still so many struggles going on. But that reminded when I was doing some research to do this show with you guys, it just reminded me of the struggles real and it's constant. That happened a long time ago. And here we are. And gay people are still having to fight their asses off for, for their rights. And I have no point other than I need more wine. No, I, I wanted to depress myself by having and then no, well, have more What wine. depresses me is that I get the impression that um, the production company that makes the show and also MTV really love to mm-hmm. hang their hat on that incredible work that they did by being progressive in their casting and telling these stories that no one was telling. But then it's almost like it just stopped and then they kind of pivoted to low-hanging fruit. And that's what I wish would change. I wish mm-hmm. they would... Because it was still good storytelling back then and kind of provocative and people would fight and fuck yeah. up and all that good stuff. But it also had a, a larger, more important point. I miss that. There was hard. And I think a lot of... You know, when you look at some of the pivotal things, most of them... I think a lot of them did happen a long time ago. I, uh, there was Genesis uh, facing homophobia, a little kid... That was a Boston season and uh, Karamo coming out to his housemates in Philadelphia. There was the the, the, the girl from uh, Hawaii, uh, Ruthie, Ruthie, with the alcoholism. And then the, the, the famous slap in Seattle. So a lot of these shocking, unforgettable moments happened earlier on in the season. But I, what I think was great about it was it really promoted a lot of dialogue and, and, and dialogue that I think actually led – to change and then the change came and the other side went okay we got to swing this motherfucker back and you know and that and let's face it that's kind of what happened right we all you know beyond even mtv or those shows obama got elected and we're all like jesus this is the my god look we've done it and little did we know the other side was going oh no oh no you didn't oh we're coming (laughs) for you sons of bitches and they came hard all over us hey all Being on lockdown these past few months has been tough on all of us. Something I've found to be extremely helpful in maintaining my sanity during this challenging time is sticking to daily routines. Maintaining a sense of structure can help prevent you from feeling overwhelmed, and I highly recommend you keep doing the little things you used to do on the regular in the pre-COVID era, like shaving, for instance. Unfortunately, Harry's is here to help you look your best while saving you a little cash along the way. Yes, Harry's has your grooming needs covered, with high-quality blades as low as $2 each, delivered straight to your doorstep. Cut out the middleman, manufacturing blades in a German factory that's been honing the craft for a century, which means you get incredibly high-quality blades at factory direct prices. And during this trying time, you'll feel a little better about your purchase. Not only is Harry's donating 1% of proceeds to nonprofit organizations devoted to helping provide access to better health care for men and veterans, they're also giving $1 million worth of shaving supplies to hospitals across the U.S. That's what I call good karma for you and Harry's. What We're Drinking listeners can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash drinking. That's harrys.com slash drinking. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. So go to harrys.com slash drinking to start shaving better today. So where were we? You don't even want to know where we were. We just had some ball we had some, sacks. We had ball sacks. We had some technical issues. So we were talking about the. We, let me let's talk a little bit about your 
experience and how being on those shows brought you two together? Mm. Oh, it was magical. Our very first, my very first season was Susie's very last season. And we were actually just reminiscing about this the other day, like taking a walk down memory lane and how we felt like, or I mean, now I can speak for both of us when I say we both felt like kind of, I don't know, like different on the challenge. Like we didn't really fit in and fit the mold of what was typical on there. And we connected in our differences. And it's so weird that on there, the difference is like, you're smart and nerdy. I like doing the Sunday crossword puzzle. Good be it's like opposite world. So good behavior is stigmatized on the challenge in particular. And we're, you know, compared to people on the show, we're pretty, you know, straight laced, just normal ladies like to get up, you know, before noon, pay our bills. Imagine school, read books. And that ostracized us. And then mm-hmm. so we like trauma bonded. Yes. <laughs> we trauma bonded. <laughs> We're having a therapy session. Sorry, right? right. That's okay. No, no. I, I, I'm here for you. I kind mm-hmm. of aged out of that, so I didn't watch a lot of the challenge. I, I caught some of the early years, and it was. Um, I will say this: there were some really compelling characters. The one guy who was a frightening dude from Boston, um, CT, CT. <laughs> like, I, if I were making a list of people that I would not ever want to cross that mm-hmm. guy would be one because he was a powder keg man right i mean but he, and he was a pretty he seemed like a pretty badass guy right and then who's the guy that won all the bananas bananas mm-hmm. so they, these these characters are perf- that's their job right like that's what they've been doing have they done well doing that do you think <clears throat> not just their job it's their identity it's like the lens through which they see themselves and they see the world. And Johnny in particular has certainly made a, a lot of money and a career and a brand out of the whole thing. I just interviewed another cast member and he's like, what's up with this Johnny Bananas guy? He has merch. Like the <laughs> older people that did Real World can't believe that you can make a career out of the show because you couldn't do that back in the day. Mm-hmm. So what you so then you guys bond and then... When did Brain Candy start? Uh, 2015 or 16, late 2015. Yeah, and I think we did. We were we were still doing the podcast when I did my very last season of The Challenge. So, yeah, I think it was about 2015 we were we started up. Yeah. And if you're not familiar, the last show that Sarah did was a big deal because she was partnered with Johnny Bananas, and they were rivals, but they were partnering rivals at the time. And then there was a twist at the end where Johnny got to choose whether to split the money with Sarah or keep it. And he famously chose to keep the money and run. So Sarah is sort of this sacrificial lamb uh, icon now. Wait, wait, wait. And you know, the wait, nice guy finished last explain story. Explain this to me. How, why did, is it the same reason why men get to have elective surgery and you don't? Like, why mm. did... And they get paid for it. Why did he get to choose whether or not to give you the money? Oh, man. I feel like a whiny baby when I ask you to answer <laughs> no, this question. I, I, I brought it up. Um, we There were challenges along the way where uh, there were individual challenges. And if you won those, the person who had uh, uh, won the most of those by the end of the final challenge got to be the decider. And 
he won. He beat me in. We were neck and neck and tied, and he beat me in a challenge where he had to. Uh, we got to trade off who stood on a log the longest and while the other person slept. And I was under the impression that we were like going splitsies and everything was fair. And he was like, no, no, you sleep. And uh, he stayed on a log longer. So he got a quarter of a million dollars for that. Mm-hmm. So he could, you could have, you lost out on $125,000? I mean, for trusting someone, basically. What, so. were, were you friends with him prior to this? I mean, that's like always the question that goes around. It's I wasn't like Susie level friends. We were uh, enjoyed each other's company on the show. I would definitely say that. And we had spent time together in life outside of the show. But these are, you know, in his own words, it was like all's fair in love, war and challenges. I totally understand what he did. I have absolutely no problem with that. It was the uh, how things were handled, like afterwards and the conditions by which he won that money that I had took uh, uh, issue with, I guess. Susie, sounds like a dick move to me. I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not seeing how you, you're you're being very gracious, Sarah. I think, but Susie, what's your read on it? Yeah, right. You come to the right place because <laughs> Sarah's super nice and a great sport, and so she doesn't like to say anything bad. But he he basically won the money by cheating. I've talked about this extensively. This isn't some bombshell. And off the air, he was fined $5,000 or something for the incident, but he still got to keep the money because it's great TV. Let's face it. They were psyched that he made that decision because that's a fantastic episode. And so, you know, the collateral damage was just Sarah's um, student loans. I'll tell you what, if I ever see Johnny Bananas, I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah, man. Just for you. So I'm going to go all Philly on his ass. Like, yo, dude, that ain't right. Go CT on him. Right. Yeah. CT, man. That guy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I did. I remember somehow I got, somehow, because I'm in quarantine, I got sucked into the YouTube vortex one night. And oh, yes. I've I don't, there. it probably started with music, but somehow something popped up and it was like the greatest moments in the challenge history. And I believe it was CT lifted. Yes. Was it Johnny Bananas onto his back and carried him off the thing? And I thought, that guy is strong. (laughs) I was on that season when he did that. And I had never met CT or seen CT in real life before. And it was like my second or third season. So I was still, you know, like just a wide eyed and wide eyed. Yes. (laughs) I saw him and I remember, and, and, they have it. Like they, they chose to, to put it in the show. I saw him and I was like, that is the largest man I've ever seen. I, I you almost feel like you want to just climb him like a mountain. It's you've never seen anything <laughs> like it. He is humongous. And I was so intimidated and I, I felt the same. So however intense you think he is on TV, I will tell you he's more than that real in real life. And he, he, he just, yeah, he just like you can just hear him coming. His he voice, the, the gruff. He's got a presence. But do you do you like him? Is he a, is he a nice person? Oh yeah, I really I do. do. Yeah. He's actually a really, really sweet, sweet. And totally nice guy. <laughs> you just like he knows how to turn it on. He yes. can like. I would think that that must be a cool sort of friend to have. I, I would yeah. think as as and I hate to say as 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 a woman, but. 
But yeah, I will say it anyway. Is it like if you find this guy that's like this fucking giant who could mm-hmm. and then he's really nice. There's got to be something comforting about that. Like you're like, oh, this guy's really sweet. And if anybody fucks with me, he'll kill yeah. he'll kill them. You know, he is like that. He's very genteel yeah. and chivalrous in that way. You know, and to speak on the part, and and this is really like anybody who's on the challenge or on any reality show that gets, uh, uh, you know, such small percentage of uh, who we are and the actual time that we're on there gets shown, and see, and it doesn't really show the full picture. Take into account every single thing that's going on in everybody else's life or their life outside of the challenge. And the times where you saw CT get, this is never to excuse behavior or anything like that, but it's just to shine a light on a a, a kind of like a bigger issue that's going on is that there were like some really traumatic things going on in CT's life when he went on that challenge where he chose to act out violently. And it's the same thing when we see a lot of these really awful things that come from these shows is they, they're, it feels a little like exploitative or it feels like these, these where people on there are in their lives are kind of taken advantage of uh, uh, for ratings. And we don't really get the big picture. And then CT kind of has to live in this. uh, uh, He's like uh, a caricature. He's a caricature. You're a caricature. Susie had to, had to like work to break the mold of I'm an evangelical Christian, like, you know, virginal. And they want to typecast her as that. And it feels like there's still like, you're only this. I'm only, you know, the like nerdy girl who gets like loses all the time or like, you know, finishes last or gets the short end of the stick or whatever. They kind of put you in this. They flatten you. Yeah. And we see it over and over and over and it's super fun to talk about, but it's like, I don't know, not always the best, not to make this a downer. No, no. It's, I mean, it's, (laughs) I mean, obviously, you know, I've, I've had some experience with reality TV as well. And not being on it myself, but just friends in the industry and whatnot. And if, and I, that's what they do. I mean, they cast their look, the shows. It's like everything. And, you know, it's funny when we talk about the influence of the real world. I spoke about that early on in the show. In some ways that are that are detrimental, I think, to, to society. It also influenced what now passes for news. Right. Because they. They saw this. They saw this dynamic where it's like, okay, let's take the gay guy and the girl that hates the gay guy, and we'll put them together and we'll have them duke it out. Let's take the white supremacist and let's take the black guy and we'll get the. And that was a thing that played out a lot on in the real world, and I think all forms of entertainment. And that's what I'll say about most televised news now is entertainment. Is that's the formula they copied was. That's that's magic right there. We can get this. We know this asshole is going to yell at that asshole. So let's put them together and get them to go. I'm not saying the people on the show were assholes. What I'm saying is this is we're we're typecasting you. We're typecasting you based on we don't want to know about the nuance in your life. We don't want to know about anything else. We just want you to be like you said, in the case of Susie, she's the sweet little innocent rube evangelical girl who doesn't know it and and then you're going to get put in the house with the male slut or something like that you know and and let's watch sparks fly sort of see what happens yeah Yeah. yeah. and and i mean but look you can't blame them they said it they said it in the tagline for the show let's let's watch what happens when they start you know getting real but so Susie, were you you were raised evangelical yeah i was in a very conservative christian home and was very naive and sheltered and that used to be a 
character that they would cast. And I think that in particular, I was appealing to them because I was that, but I was also like in high school, most flirtatious. So there was this sort of weird dichotomy that they wanted to watch unfold as I became a woman. And, um, you know, I love it because back then it was sort of, it's nice to have a soundtrack to your 20s. It is. Yeah. But I love to, what Sarah and I do, where we kind of just inform the audience of like what they're actually seeing and kind of unflatten it and make it so that people can be more informed about what they consume. I follow you on social media and I would say that your your views now, would it be fair to categorize them as progressive, right? You're, right. Yeah. And I remember having this thought because I do recall that that was your, that was the box you character. were in. That was yeah. the character when you were younger. And I thought to myself one time, boy, you might have missed an opportunity because if you would have stayed uber conservative and all that, like you are, you are catnip for Fox News, right? Like, yeah, I wrote she an would article be the about White it. House. You would be, yeah, you would be the, on the OAN network or something. Yes. Yeah, you, that would be you because that's it's eerie how much of a type that is in the conservative media is the attractive intelligent blonde who is (laughs) closed-minded or at least (laughs) or at least or at least pretends to be and i I, I really truly believe that a lot of these people that are on fox news or somebody they don't i don't really i I don't believe donald trump believes most of what he fucking says you know i mean i think he's a malignant narcissist and that informs everything he does but you would have had a future. Yeah. You, you could I have been Megan Kelly it. right now. You could have been Megan Kelly. And instead, she's just Susie from the podcast. <laughs> I'm just sitting here drinking with you guys. <laughs> no, that is, a, that is an excellent article that she did write on where that can we, Where can we topic. find this? Um, I put it on Medium, and I wrote about how when I would go and meet with agents, because I wanted to do hosting work, and they would say, well are you conservative or are you willing to pretend to be? Cause we could get you a job right now with Fox news or a conservative outlet. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's just how they do it now. It's more about your look rather than your ideology. Is that how they do it now? Yeah. Cause when I used to go in, they just say, will you blow me? And I'd be like, all right, I wish that never would be got so much me easier. anyway. You know how many dicks I sucked and didn't get a single job. <laughs> it's great. You were robbed. Robbed. You must not be very good at it. It no. must be his low-hanging balls. <laughs> it's my, I was like, how about you get my balls? Because there's a lot of fun to be had down there. You can train for boxing while you're doing it. Um, so, yeah, Susie, I, I guess the point being is you fucked up by having principles. Yes. and and being, yeah, books. You, you've, you've really You've done yourself a and disservice a with all this education, you know. Uh, all you kids oh. out there, remember... You want to get ahead in this world. Be amoral. Be amoral. <laughs> Give BJ's. <laughs> and Sarah, yes. Sarah, you're a therapist. I am a marriage and family therapy associate so until I finish my many hours. And- so why haven't I ever gotten married? Tell me that. Mm. Well, I mean. That is a good question. Let's unpack that heavy suitcase, shall we? Do you want to get married? No. There you go. <laughs> Sarah. That'll be two hundred dollars. You are good. <laughs> you are good. Uh, I do. I want to get married. I, I, I have. I'm not. Uh, I'm thinking about what's going on in my life right now, and this is so how fun. this how this answer could affect what's happening. No, I'm. Uh, do I want to get married? Oh, I see. I would do yeah, it. I, I would. I would. 
I yes. would, um, my previous relationship, the one I told you about that ended, you know, before Christmas was, she was a lot younger than me. And so mm-hmm. that, that was a big problem. And I thought that I knew, I understood that it was not going, I mean, when I say, you know, like 20 years younger than me yeah. and I knew that wasn't going to work, but I could do it now. Isn't that fucking thing? Like, I bet women are saying, <laughs> I'm going, convi- really? Like, oh I, my you God. You don't have to convince me. Wow. What a romantic. I could, if someone held You're a open gun, to it. I mean, <laughs> I, if you were presenting me with options, yeah. such as, would you rather well, be attacked <laughs> by a great white shark or get married? Yeah. I would to get, I'd take the marriage, I think. Well, yeah. Here's the thing. Hmm. The, 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 the thing that I've learned or that I hold on to is that there is no normal. There is what works for one person doesn't work for somebody else. So if, if marriage is not something where you find a lot of people have very fulfilling relationships where they do not get married. And what does that mean to you? And thousands of those. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. It it depends what, what you want for you is. So sometimes we feel this intense pressure and we like, Oh, I want to get married. I have to get married because that's what like, I don't know, some rule says I'm supposed to do, or that's what society tells me I'm supposed to do, but that's not where you find your ultimate happiness. Then you're never, then it's going to be like chasing the wind. You can't. So you have to first look in the mirror and find out what is it that I really want. And when you decide, figure that out, everything else kind of, you got to work from like, the the uh, point B to like and back. backwards like yeah backwards okay now let's talk about your own personal relationship with wine oh yes, yes. this is a this is the show is called what we're drinking after all not who's Dan possibly marrying <laughs> I'm enjoying this yeah no, me no, too. this is great now let's let's how are we doing on our wine where are I'm we? filling up right now yeah that was a good idea I'm a good halfway through my bottle. I'm getting there. Oh, wow. Through your bottle. My God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll catch up. Don't I'm worry. I'm like one third. Mm. So but what, it's not what a do you, Susie, you, you already indicated that you are an equal opportunity wine consumer, but yeah. you must have a, a it, there's not one. Uh, let's break it down. Let's start love, red, white, rosé. Yeah. I okay. do love a red. Like if all things are equal. I'm a red kind of guy. Are you a an American? Red, you're like a Napa Cab. Are you a Bordeaux? Are you Burgundy? Are you? I love a California red, full bodied. What's that area that I love in particular? I can't remember now. It's uh, uh, um, I know that you like Central Coast wines. Yeah, and um, so mm-hmm. Paso Robles. Yes, yes, that's the yes. name. Yes, Paso Robles. Thank you. Yes, yes. I mean. I it's almost like I wrote. It's that. almost like I should write a book. Oh, I already Do you did. Have a book? What's your book? I've called? written four books. My my oh, most my most recent book is called American Wino, a tale of reds, whites, and one man's blues. It's That's a, really cute. That's Dan. a great name. It's more of a memoir. It's a memoir. Uh, so no, American Wino is about my brother died. My brother drowned ten oh, years uh, ago on the fourth. Ten. It was ten years on the fourth of July. No, he jumped I'm off so the Venice sorry. Pier like fucking around and got caught in a riptide and drowned on on the 4th of july 2010 and then wino wino was uh so i in the when he died 
I went back to Pennsylvania. We had a memorial back there. And on the way back on the plane, I met a, a woman on the plane. I wasn't trying to meet a woman on the plane. I did meet a woman on the plane. We stayed together for about three and a half years. So I was sort of in this weird state of suspended grief where yeah. obviously I was grieving my brother, but I wasn't by myself yet. And I wasn't. So fast forward to three and a half years later, I had just finished ghost writing a book for the guys from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. And I just finished that book. My relationship just ended. I was living in Marina del Rey on the beach and I was having wine one night and had music blasting, dancing around in my underwear, thinking I'm at a crossroads in my life. What am I going to do now? And the, the answer was, I'm going to have more wine. So I just kept having more wine. And then at some point during the night, I, I, I drunkenly thought, I'm going to have all the wine in America. And I wrote that down. I wrote it on, on a, a legal pad, all the wine in America. And then the next day I Googled it. And that's when I discovered that they make wine in every state in the mm -hmm. United States. And that was where the idea from American Wino was born. And I pitched cool. it to my editor at HarperCollins, and she said, yeah. And then in the fall of 2014, I got in my truck, mm. and I drove around the United States by myself for four months, ostensibly to become the leading expert on American wine. But really, it was to fix myself. Process the grief. That's beautiful. Yeah, the, the, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer described the book as, Eat, Pray, Love meets Sideways While on the Road. Which is what you want. And that's a great book for men, too. Yeah, I know. So the book was, uh, it was, yeah, it's a memoir. But it's not, but there is a lot of it's wine. Really there cool. is a lot of wine stuff in there. And obviously, I, I started my trip in Napa, which is where the wine we're having now is from. And then I went up through Oregon and Washington. And then you mm. sort of drop off the cliff of wine quality from there. And I went to Big Sky Country. and mm. But it was, but I loved those, those parts of the trip. I absolutely cherish you know some of my favorite parts were being in montana and wyoming and then going down into south carolina and and north georgia and going to a winery in louisiana and places like that that's so cool that's amazing i love that i can't wait to read your books oh, yeah you know, we all host a book club and everything so we're well that again. was on, that the reason i'm bringing this up is in my notes right here it says brain candy book club wtf question mark so when are we doing American yes. when are we doing American wino in the book club? I think it's time. We I and mean, we drink a lot of wine in our wine or in our wine club. I mean our book club. That was a slip. You know what's funny? I I've done a ton of those. Yeah. I've been invited to a lot of book club parties and things. Uh it's almost always women, which is We call yeah. them meetings. Meetings. So it's professional. So it's like official. We could call them a party. It's ridiculous and so <laughs> I, I call them like parties. Serious, but yeah, it's been it's. I've done a lot. I mean, the book came out years ago, but hopefully, I'm, we're hoping there's going to be the book's in. No, I'm not going to talk about that. Oh. Coming soon, we'll say that. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, so I'm ready when you guys are to be in the okay. brain candy. But what do I, what do I need? Who do I have to blow to get in the no, brain? No, it's available. We're we're open. No, no blowjobs. Well, I mean, we can do that, but just separate, just free pro bono, kind of pro boner. <laughs> You'll just be like pointing people out for me to blow. Uh, yeah, no, I'll do it. I mean, if it get me in the book club. Oh, That's lovely. So, what, tell, so tell us about the book club. What, what happens there in the meetings? Yeah, tell them, Sarah. Uh, we pick two, we pick three books every month. We pick, Susie picks a book, I pick a book, and then we do a, um, 
what do we even call that? Like our like library? A bargain book that bargain you can get at the library. Yeah. So can one I, of can our, I say uh, this though? Can I ask you this? Yeah. You say you pick a book, Susie picks a book. Yeah. If who's going to pick my book and does that mean I'm better friends with that person? It, it's probably going to be me. Probably. All right. And here's why. <laughs> Because Sarah, I I'm sorry. I'm of- sorry, Sarah. Are you talking right now? Because yeah. can't hear you. My my Sorry. good friend Susie just said something. I feel like you cut her off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Susie. What were you saying? I noticed that. I just all I want to do is read your books. That's all. I know. <laughs> so smart. That's what I love about you. As opposed to Sarah, who is let's face it, kind of selfish. Hey, her- I did say I was the right brain. So. Yeah. Okay. I know you are. All right. So tell us. I'm sorry. I cut you off. The book club is. We I, meet I, you lost me at my book because once I once you yes. started stop talking mm-hmm. about my book, I was like, you lost "Oh, what? Interest. Yeah, what? What is this?" And I only said Susie because she always picks the memoirs and the mm-hmm. one, and I pick the fiction books usually. Yeah, and so okay. somebody's got to pick like the murder mysteries and stuff like that. You write one of those, I'll pick your book. Mm-hmm. You got one of those? So just have, murder somebody, I, I, yeah. real quick. Then well, we're good. I mean, someone dies in my book. Does that count? Yeah, that's true. That I mean, is there is, dark. I, am it I giving is, it away? Yeah. Am I giving away yeah. the end? He Spoiler dies. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler so alert. Rude. He does not make it out. Um, mm. All right. I will. Yeah. I tend to choose nonfiction for sure. You tend to choose nonfiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we pick books monthly and we just meet and chat about them in a Zoom type meeting where all of our book club uh, members get to like drink wine with us and chat about their favorite parts. And there's usually tears and a lot of laughter and wait does the author come do you bring the author in to speak i usually interview them separately if i can and then i'll i give it to the book club members but they don't usually come into the meeting but i mean there's always a first time for everything we're very open here's my audition this is my audition for doing a reading at the book club are you ready okay let's hear it oh a reading that'd be fun here we go just a bit very short version see if i can do with my with my with my sexy voice no it's about a 25-foot drop from the Venice Pier to the Pacific Ocean, depending on the tides. To hear Brian tell it, you're only in the air for a second, but it feels like you hang there forever. With the lights on the shore, the adrenaline in your veins, the relentless hungry roar of the ocean below. You are a perfect being, suspended on an invisible string, burning with possibilities. Then you hit the cold black water, and everything goes hard normal. You're wet. It's dark. The ocean is heaving you up and down, and it's a quarter-mile swim back to shore, unless you get slammed into a pylon and knocked unconscious. There you go. Oh, man. Am I in? hired. I'm in? I got the job? Yeah, that was good. All yeah. right. There we go. Book club. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Brain candy. I don't know if I can handle it emotionally. No. I'll have to prepare so much wine. So much. <laughs> no, seriously. How are we doing? How are we doing I'll on this one? i myself real good. This um, is a godsend. It's good. And I, I got to tell you, I, I do mean it when I say that I, this is the thing that gets me with podcasts. Okay. There are, mm-hmm. there are shows like the daily, which I love because it, it's just my dose of news in the morning when I go. Yeah. And then I, I like shows on the celebrity front. I like Conan because I like the interviews he does. And then there's that whole genre of, of podcasts with Rogan or Mark Marin or, you know, and then, and then there are the ones that I that I just enjoy because it's like I'm spending time with friends, you know. And yeah. I don't know you. We don't really. We didn't know each other before this, but I feel like I know you because you have that effect in the podcast. Like there, there's a warmth to it, an openness to it that 
is a it's an art it's 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 a talent to do that you know to to seem that effortless and to make people feel as though they're part of the conversation with you you know yeah and you Thank guys are you. you guys are really That's good really at sweet. It, yeah you do a great job of that i think it's a it's a uh you know I, half the time, I don't even necessarily care what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, and I mean that in a good way. I just like listening to you guys. I think you have a great banter together. Like you, you have a, obviously a lot of love for each other, a lot of respect for each other. <laughs> and, and it comes through. It comes through. You're not trying. You're not trying to. Yeah, you're gonna make me cry over here. But but I'm saying, I just love Susie so much, and that's why it works. Well, you know, you you, we've all listened to podcasts where you can tell that they're thinking about the next thing they're gonna say, and they're not really they're not having a dialogue with the person that they're on with. And with you guys, you're having a dialogue, and and I think and it's a it's always entertaining and fun. We always say how we got paid to be ourselves when we were on Real World and Road Rules and the challenge. And this is such a great extension of that because the audience sort of feels like they grew up with us and they did. And this is just a continuation of that relationship we've had with the audience. And whenever we do have our book club, we look at the people in there and they all look just like us. It's so weird. And I get why they connect because we are speaking their language. I think that's a good place to leave this. I don't want to leave, but I got to uh, I got to drink the rest of this wine. You got to move on with your life. I gotta, you made me read some of my book. Now I'm sad and depressed. I'm just going to go. Are you walk though? The sh- no, I'm oh, kidding. I want to know. I am not. And if you are, I can give you my card. And, and, and Sarah's nearby. <laughs> I can just get over there. Um, I Dan, I, wait. I'm not. Hold on a minute. Yes. Was this your only sibling? No. No, I have others. There, How many? So uh, I have two more brothers and two more sisters. That's a big family. One of six. Yeah. Well, my mom and dad got divorced when I was young, so I don't do that. You know, the what number are you? I'm number oh. one, baby. Wow. I'm You're the one. oldest. <gasps> and what I'm number the only was one. he? Uh, Brian was second. He was 10 years younger than me. He was 31. 10 when, years? 31 when he here. died. Yeah, 31. Um, and... Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about that in book club. Okay, deal. Yeah. Um, I, I want to thank Sarah Rice and Susie Meister for spending time drinking wine, talking about my balls, talking about your what was what do we decide it's called when <laughs> they when they fix your vagina, vagiplasty, labial, labial reconstruction. <laughs> It's something, something I'm not paying for with my tax dollars, <laughs> sister. Uh, and uh, no, it was it's really great having you guys on. I, I want everybody please check out Brain Candy podcast available everywhere. Podcast stream. They got you got some merchandise on there. Mm-hmm. We and, got merch, baby. Oh, do you like this shirt? Look at that thing. That is it. I mean, wearing some. Look at that. Because a lot of people need this reminder. What does that it say? You I can't. It says your, but correctly. Oh, because, the spelling. Yeah, yeah you know, especially the trolls. Oh, I know. Are very the reply guys. Who they knew? Need a reminder. Who knew that yeah. they couldn't spell? Yeah. You know what? Their head's full of so many great ideas. You can't get tripped up on no the spelling. Time. No time for something. I got no time for this spelling and knowledge. Look what it did to Susie Meister. Fucking ruined her Fox Downhill. News career. If she would have just not learned anything, she'd be famous now. Set rich. Um, but no, please. And instead, she's famous and Yes. Average. And, and a very <laughs> cool regular. person. Where can people find you on the social medias? 
at Susie Meister on Instagram. You're what are you, Sarah? I'm a Sarah Rice on everything. Yeah. And Brain Candy Pod on uh, Brain Candy Podcast on uh, uh, Instagram, thebraincandypodcast.com. You know, for a your shirt. <laughs> and I'm at the imbiber. To imbibe is to drink. Right. People know that. Mm-hmm. If you That's realize I was now. that clever. And I want to leave you uh, with a quote that I think is sort of apropos to what we talked about today. This is from Malcolm Gladwell. And he said, we all assume that if you're weak and poor, you're never going to win. In fact, the real world is full of examples where the exact opposite happens. Where the weak win and the strong screw up. Wow. See you next David time. Wow. Not deep. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all I got. And we're done. <laughs>